Hello there and welcome to the Us Time Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games and all that jazz that there's no tomorrow. This week, in preparation for The Batman, we're talking about the best Batman stories. My name is Tom and as always, I'm joined with my co-host, John. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready to talk about the best Batman stories. So we're going to be talking about just like across films, TV, games, comic books, any kind of medium that, you know, we kind of want to talk about we'll be talking about and this is no particular order it we're not we're not saying what is the best or what is the worst we're just saying these are some really cool batman stories and for any of you out there who want to delve into some batman content before the batman i think all of these that we're going to talk about are going to be pretty safe choices so give me one give me one just let's just dive straight in give me give me one on your list okay so I think we have to start with the quarter barrels. Oh, well, I've got on mine. I've, I do have the Scott Snyder New 52 run. In terms of modern Batman, for me, this is like the quintessential stuff. Uh, if you want to get like into Batman, this is the stuff that you need to go through. It's very, what you said, quintessential to understanding Batman as a character. And as well, yeah. like with the, with the other villains and why he does this. And they're just amazing stories. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you uh, who don't know, in, in 2011... DC rebooted its whole universe with New 52. They created 52 comic book runs and that eventually spanned out. And Batman was one of the ones that kind of ran from the beginning to the end. And it ended in 2016. They they rebooted their universe again with Rebirth because DC are crazy like that. But what I love so much about the Scott Snyder run is every single arc is an absolute classic already. We start with the Court of Owls which span the first two volumes and then you go to death of the family and then zero year and then you then oh, you hit end game and super year. heavy and bloom and every single one is just so fresh and new it redefines the relationships that batman has with people it integrates things like the bat family really well while pushing forward with new characters like the court of owls what an interesting concept this underground organization that controls all of Gotham. I think it's so intelligent. Yeah, and there are some great moments in the New 52 one that ended on a very uh, dark note. There's one that I really want to talk about, but that's going to be a bit later. I know you got the whole New 52 list there. I was like, well, oh, let's no. just <laughs> Let's just talk about it all. Like, just, just say okay, it now. Like, why not? All. From the very beginning of the New 52 one, I knew this was going to be something amazing with the beginning of Batman talking about Gotham is like in this newspaper article in yeah. adjectives. So like Gotham is Batman City or Gotham is Bane, Gotham's joke. And then that's a great way of introducing Gotham in a very minimalistic way. But I don't know. It's just so amazing how he presented the villains as well, like talking about Gotham in the very beginning. And as well as introducing new villains, the Court of Owls. This was mm. never introduced in any comic history. And the final issues in that volume was so good. Like Batman in the maze. Like we never seen the side of Batman. Like going crazy, trying to, you know, escape, but as well as being tortured by the owls. And the last bit, he goes absolutely crazy, just defeating this one Talon. And it's just like, I had enough. And just that's the one bit that we haven't seen in Batman, I think. It's safe to say that there probably will be spoilers for everything that we talk about. So in case, oh, yeah. you know, as I said before, these are probably... Like, I recommend everything that we're going to talk about. And I think this is one of my favorite Batman runs. But I think what, you know, what it does is it balances the old and the new. 
it's mostly new, you know, with Bloom and the Court of Owls. But for example, you get to see a really intelligent way that it redefines Batman's origin story. It tells Zero Year, which is a year when the Riddler shuts down all of Gotham's power and he like corners it off so the rest of the world can't get there. It's very much like The Dark Knight Rises and what Bane does in that movie. And this is an event that spans throughout all of DC at this point. You know, there are some really interesting tales of other DC heroes early in their career doing this. But this is like Batman, very, very early days. And you get to see like his first interactions with the Riddler and the Joker. They tell the Joker's origin story from Mm. the killing joke with the Red Hood and they do the Red Hood gang. And they have just really, I mean, Greg Capullo, his artwork throughout the whole series Uh, is incredible. He's a god at working with the art. Yeah, he's so good at it. And, And he does the very first Batman issue where Batman's flying through and he has a criminal under his arm. He recreates oh, yeah. that but yeah, with the that, Red Hood yeah. gang. And, and they, they use the classic suit with the purple gloves. And it's so clever. And then you've got his relationship with the Joker, which they totally kind of redefine with the whole faceless Joker story. And I just think every single thing, the Graveyard Shift, volume six, is it's whatever for me. It, it's kind of like a, it doesn't really do anything, but all the others have so much to say about Batman and integrate elements of the past and the future. The final few runs in epilogue show uh, like the future of Batman yeah. and like the legacy that he has. I think it was the 75th anniversary and it was all just so clever ways of grounding it in what we have now while respecting the past and showing us what the future could be. Yeah, and that was a really cool ending to the whole run. Something that's um, really simple but yet powerful at the end of it, which I find the most powerful bit in the whole DC run. Like, there's some moments that are like something that's simple but then it's become powerful. Like at the end of Endgame, which is my absolutely favourite volume from the whole new BT2 one, is incredible. I'm not, can I spoil it? Because it yeah, is why, why not? Yeah, okay, give it a warning. Okay. If you're uh, still here and you don't want spoilers, uh, go skip ahead. Okay, so this this is like the most amazing ending, or like the darkest ending to anything else. Batman fights Joker, and then there's this whole epic fight between them in this whole volume. It's mad. But then when Batman gets trapped, or I don't know, like trapped by. In this yeah, cave. They're, 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 they're fighting in the bat cave, like really like deep into the cave. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah all, right. it's all collapsing around them. Yeah, yeah, all collapsing around them. And he dies. I don't know if you can see the quotations, dies. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they both die, quotation Yeah, marks. they both die. They both die. But there's a great art of Batman and Joker lying down by Greg Apollo. But at the end, Alfred reads a word from Batman, like, this is the last bit of Batman. Oh, like his, his, la- his last message, I guess. Yeah, his last message. And his last message was cryptic. Alfred explains what this whole word means. This means that it's like the last laugh of Bruce Wayne. I don't know. It is, right? I don't know. Like, I read the whole monologue. I'm trying to decipher it. Yeah, and then, like, at the end, it reveals that the word means ha. And it shows a picture of Apollo's costume in the trash bin. Yeah, and it really, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. It's one of those things where, again, they take the ending of The Killing Joke. The Killing Joke is incredible. One of the absolute best Batman stories ever. And that ends with Batman and Joker sharing a laugh together. It's a haunting way to end this story because the Joker has really affected Batman in this story. You know, he shoots Barbara Gordon, Batgirl in the spine and takes Commissioner Gordon through this mental funhouse. And Batman should kill him right now and they just end up laughing together and there are theories about how this ends but it's a study of batman and joker 
and how similar they truly are. And in Endgame, the way that it shows at the very end that Batman understood the comedy at the final moments and maybe he is truly as crazy as Joker and as crazy as Joker wanted to believe. And this run, you know, the whole Scott Snyder run introduced the whole three Joker thing as well, which is really cool. That was obviously more recently. Have you read the three Jokers? Yes, I have. But the three I Jokers haven't read it. Is it any good? It's actually good. Not the best, but it's actually mm-hmm. good to read like it has some really good mystery elements to what joker is but actually the three jokers was introduced in dark side war um, oh, really yeah so that was introduced in that i've got that so i i should know that i've read that i should know that but they introduced the fact uh, that joker has been living for a while and i think they then kind of expand on that isn't it when batman's got the big chair yeah, yeah, the um, I've only I've read got, it once. Yeah, he's got yeah. the chair and he's in his like, guys, I've got my chair, I'm really clever now. Guys, I've got my chair. I know whose chair is killed. it. Do you remember who do you remember whose chair it is? I don't know, but the chair was actually it came from Final Crisis. Oh, cool. Oh, Morbius chair is it Morbius? Mo- Morbius? Yeah, 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 that sounds about right. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> Morbius, the living vampire, Jared Leto's wow. chair. You sit in wow, that chair, and chair. my god, you know all of Jared um, Leto's secrets. Oh my god, what's Jared Leto gonna do? He's gonna use the chair to take over DC. Well, it's funny that you I'm say gonna... Jared Leto because that brings me perfectly onto my next one Suicide Squad. I'm kidding. Uh, do, you, do you have anything else to say about New 52, Scott Snyder, run? I think it's one of those ones that you never forget the most amazing art and then the most amazing dialogue. dialogue? Is it dialogue? I don't know. Thoughts like from Batman, like, you know, yeah, like his inner monologue. Yeah, his inner monologue. My inner monologue. I know what I'm doing from day one. I'm (laughs) solving crime, need coffee. So I'm I'm vengeance. Yeah, a vengeance. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to hear more of Bats and Bats' voice. (laughs) As we know, it's kind of been a thing for a while that the Batman is going to have that voiceover. And there's a particular line in the trailer which makes me so excited where Batman says, this is a powder cake and Riddle is the match. It's like, it's so noir and it's so like, you know, mm. like it's Batman to me. And I guess the new 52 Scott Snyder run is how I define Batman. Cause that is pretty much my first introduction to comic book Batman. I'm so happy with it. It, it was just a great Yeah, one. I'm so happy because I found it by accident. Like, no one recommended it to me. I never knew I was going to pick up, like, a masterpiece. Like, Didn't you buy volume, like, nine or something first? No, 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 no. You're getting ahead. You're getting ahead. Okay, this, okay. It was 2016 or uh-huh. 2015. Uh-huh. I was in Costco. Not the American Costco. There's, there's a Costco somewhere. And I was, like, looking around. I was like, oh, I should get a comic book or a book or something. So I was looking around, and it was on sale. And there it was, The Course of Owls. And there was a whole, I'm not kidding, the whole of the new 52 one. It had volume one, volume two, volume two, volume four. I was like, oh my God, why is this here? So then I picked up volume one because I'm an idiot. I just picked up one and <laughs> could have picked up like Death of the Family and Endgame. Like those were there. I was like, oh my God, why? So yeah, and then I read it and I was like, oh my God. And then I showed it to you. I was like, oh, I read this Batman thingy. I was like, I had the Batman thingy as well. I was like, we, we just got talking about it. And I think... I think that's how we... Yeah, that, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. I was reading Green Lantern New 52 for a while, and then I moved on to Batman, and, and, then, I, and then I found out that you were doing it Oh, well. yeah. I remember you reading the Green Lantern. I was like, Green Lantern? Yeah, I, of course I know that character. But anyway, go and read the New 52 run. It is the most amazing 
comic book ones I read. So please do. It's it is. It's so, so good. good. Whatever whatever story you pick, you can't really lose. Okay, so the first one that I want to talk about is I want to talk about the Lego Batman movie. Okay. Is, um, yeah. I right. We're going. Idea. We're going uh, from one end to the other. We're going from like the darkest Batman to like the most goofy. And I want to say the in terms of like the Lego movies in general, none of them are as good as the Lego movie, the first one. That is just a oh. masterpiece. When I yeah. came out to watch The Kingsman, after watching it, I was like, oh, something. And then I heard the Lego movie, Everything's Awesome song. I was like, oh, hell yeah, the, the Lego movie, uh, Everything's Awesome. I was like, Everything's Awesome. And then I was, I was sitting next to my dad and my dad was like, what the heck are you doing? I was like, I, dad, this is it. This is my life. Look everything is awesome everything is cool when you're part of the team everything remember, is awesome i i remember when they did like maybe two and they did everything's not awesome and oh. i was just like and i was, I was literally do, i was doing my gcses and i remember them playing that song and i mean to be like yeah that that scans like that's i relate yeah, yeah, that's... yeah that's pretty intense but like a batman movie for at least the first three quarters of the narrative i think the ending gets a little bit too extravagant but you know we're, we're yes. talking about the good here we're not talking about the bad we're talking about the good this film and the ugly is, and the ugly just the good just the good um okay. this film is such a celebration of everything batman it doesn't shy away from anything and it's what no other Batman film will do, which is just putting everything in. And when I mean everything, like immediately the amount of villains that they threw into this, you've got so many obscure Batman villains, like the Condiment King and the Calculator. I was about to say King. Yeah, exactly. And then like the Eggman and, and of and I remember all the Lego sets that came out at the time. It was it was heaven. Oh, yeah. But what this film does so well, I think the core of the film, and it's the core of a lot of Batman stories, and I'll probably say this quite a few times, but it's the relationship between Batman and people in general. This Batman is one who is so obsessed or concerned with being the coolest guy that he he doesn't let anyone in. And obviously they're taking this to a really stupid level. At the end of the day, this is kids' comedy, and they're not kind of treating it with <laughs> the, the most... <laughs> Yeah, he raps That's at the that. beginning. Um, oh yeah, he raps. Yeah, um, it's brilliant. Oh, Eminem's um, gonna be shaking about hearing Eminem is qua- uh, quaking in his boots. Oh god, um, Batman rapping. Oh god, this um, is a story about Batman like accepting other people at the beginning. It's just him and Alfred, and then obviously as the the narrative goes on, he opens himself up to Robin and Batgirl, and it's such a sweet story because it understands that you know no one can do it alone and it's something that i feel like it, it's the heart of what something like batman forever tries to capture but i think it does it a lot better and with the joker at the end batman's whole arc in the film is that he realizes oh, i do need you like me and the joker are, are, are two halves of, of a greater whole and really important to each other I, I think it's just a really nice kind of meta way of of retelling so many batman stories and there's you know there's so many great sequences you know the animation is on fire there's a great sequence where alfred lists off all the different he's like master brucia going through so many different phases like <laughs> the 1966 phase the 1989 phase 1992 and he just like goes through all of them and we see like posters from like all the like batman movies but in like lego form and it's just it's really clever and it's really sweet and I think so many Batman stories take themselves too seriously. 
And I don't think there's a problem with that at all. I love it when things are serious and Batman is the person who I think has to be like that. But I do like that this gives it a bit of comedy and a bit of, you know, freshness while also keeping that level of sincerity. And I don't think for the most part it ever goes too far like something like Batman and Robin. Yeah, and well, the first time watching it, I thought this is really goofy. But then there's a lot of heart, as you said, about the Lego Batman movie. We explored about, you know, the relationship between the rest of the Bat family. I haven't seen the film in a while. But I, all yeah, I no, me, was... me neither. For, for all I know, this film could be absolute shit. <laughs> but I remember it being good. So I'm going to stick with that. I've got the DVD. I should probably watch it at some point. Okay, I'm not going to put the blame on you. But anyway, but <laughs> I, I do remember having a good time watching it. But uh, yeah, it's the Lego Batman. <laughs> yeah, what more uh, to say? I was, I was in the cinema with my dad and I dragged my dad to go and see this. He did not want to see it. And he was so moody that at the beginning, it's Batman voiceover and, and he's like, dramatic music. And, and my dad literally whispered to me, I hate you. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I had fun with it and I think it is it's, it, has, uh, it has that value and maybe it's just uh, Lego because I love Lego and that has like resonance to me but who knows I think it's great yeah I dragged my dad to see it as well yes like, dad look it's Batman in Lego form it's like John you're not gonna see everything is awesome again listen I love the film yeah Lego Batman I guess I just never expected to see that in the list but yeah okay give me another one Arkham City oh well I've just got the Arkham games. So let's talk about all the Arkham games. Oh my We're God, doing you it. got everything. I'm... Talking about them all. <laughs> it's happening. Pokemon. Oh, sorry. One thing. Anyway, um, right. The Arkham games. This is another thing that introduced me to Batman. Mm. In combat form. Ah, I'm kidding. Not combat form. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Were you getting beaten up by the Arkham games? You're like, oh, this is so cool. I just like, there's like four games just like surround you and just start beating you up. Yeah, imagine this like, using the Arkham games as a source of, like, learning combat. Okay, Batman, okay. Uh, he does Y. Okay, I need to put down uh, Y. And then <laughs> B. Okay, B. He's, like, to do, like, the high kick. Yeah, okay. And then in like, real life. You're, you're, you're in, like, a fight, and you're, like, cape stun. And you don't, oh, shit, I don't have a cape on. Run. <laughs> and then you try to do, like, you know, the, um, the counterattack. Using that, like, okay, I can do it. And you just get punched. Just like, oh. Probably what would happen. Yeah, um, that would probably happen. I'm not Batman. Anyway, yes, but okay. So this whole Arkham storyline, I, I don't know mm. what the whole thing is. Storyline, I guess, because it's a bit yeah. of a mess it's, when you go to yeah. Arkham Knight. Yeah. I mean, oh, we no. talked about Arkham Knight a few months ago and we we're like, oh, why do you come this and do that? Yeah, yeah. We'll take out Arkham Knight out of the equation. We'll talk about the perfect three games. If we're not going to talk about Arkham Knight. I do want to say Arkham Knight by far probably has the best gameplay best looking gameplay it's a beautiful game even today like when did it come out did it come out in 2016 maybe 2015 we're seven years later and it still Ah! looks immensely beautiful like the map is amazing all the different skins look incredible you know even the elements of the game that i don't like like the Batmobile, it all looks amazing, and the gameplay is really smooth, and it's at it, and it's at its best. The story, not so much. But as I say, we're talking about the best, talking about the good. So let's talk about that that core original three Arkham games. Yes. So Arkham Asylum. I think Whoa. Arkham Asylum might be the first scariest game I ever played. Like every time you hear Joker going Bing Bong or something like that, dum, just like dum, dum, dum. Joker here. Yeah, no, it's great. Ah, paging. I don't know what Doctor Yates or something. Yes. Um, oh yeah, Doctor Yates. I think that's right. Oh my god. And then Killer Croc. And then 
Oh, <gasps> that scary glitch when you try and get Scarecrow. The game kicks oh, you yeah. out. Yeah, oh. I mean, the fear of, of this game, when it, it tricks you into thinking that it's restarted the whole game, is amazing. It is just... What like I remember sitting there playing it and being like, what, what? Like I was like so annoyed, and then like they flip it and it's Joker taking Batman to the asylum, and it's so it's so cool. And do you remember, John? You were at my house and we were playing. Oh, Arkham. the at the end. No, yeah. it was it was um it was the Killer Croc bit. But yeah, we did play the end. But the, the oh Killer Croc God. bit is what yes. I'm thinking of. We yes. were yes, shitting ourselves. We were there. We were scared. Like, Killer Croc could come out at any moment, and it is terrifying. And I think what this game does so well is it doesn't ground everything in reality, like something like the Dark Knight trilogy. It, it does everything so comic booky. Killer Croc is huge. Bane is huge. They have Scarecrow with like some proper like trippy fear toxin stuff. You know, in the other games, they introduced like the Lazarus Pit and like just some really mad concepts while still keeping it fairly realistic and i love it so much i think especially in the first game i think the whole thing has like this overarching narrative of fear and i think it's great yeah and the amount of detail goes into it like there's some hidden storylines as well with the ghost of arkham was it amadeus yes. arkham yeah amadeus yes. arkham so cool. incredible and the story and the atmosphere it just blends together so well traveling through the arkham cells and then the amount like the scale of like the buildings and it's so creepy but yet yeah, you're batman yeah i don't know how to describe it it's just like so surreal it makes you like, feel like batman the tagline for the game for arkham asylum was literally i'm pretty sure it's be the batman and i think i can't think of something that better describes the experience of these games you just feel like batman and it's so cool whether you're throwing batarangs or you know using your grapple hook or just beating up criminals i know it's kind of a meme at this point how batman basically kills everyone but you know when you knock out a criminal and you hear that crunch when your like fist oh. hits the head or something oh, there's nothing yeah. quite as satisfying and it blends stealth missions and boss fights and just like regular combat so well and each game escalates it you know we then take it to arkham city which you've got your open world and you can grapple about and fly around and you've got different like mechanics and i think the whole thing is <laughs> so clever <laughs> it's like you can fly that's oh not flying God. that's falling with style with these two games, they have balanced with the boss fights yeah. and with a story. I think mm. the most powerful story is Cities. Yeah. It's got so much with like Raja Ghoul, Hugo mm. Strange, Joker's infected, you are infected as well. Yes. There's so much tension. And Mr. Free uh, Dr. Freeze, Mr. Freeze, I yeah, Mr. Mr. Freeze. Yeah, and you're trying to get, like, the serum, but you have to... Oh, my God, I have to play the game again. It's... The, the Mr. Freeze boss fight is one of the best boss fights I've ever played in any game. He's adapting. You can't use the same move twice. You know, he, he will adapt to all the moves that you take. And two of the scariest boss fights, obviously we've already talked about Killer Croc, Mr. Freeze and Bane in Arkham Origins... My God. Oh, like, oh, the, the oh good thing God. about both oh, of those is that you can't use the same move twice because they will counter for it. And when you've got a detective mode on in Origins and you're just being stalked by this huge hulking monster that is Bane, it's incredible. It, it's so effective. Yeah, that's what the really cool bit, like mostly with video games, that like, you have to use the same move for the boss fight but you have to use different ways to take it down and that's the really cool part about the arkham games so yeah, yeah. 
Oh my god. And Origins, I think Origins was the first game I played properly. And I was like, this is well good. And that was a different studio, by the way. That was uh, Montreal. Yes, it was. It was, yeah, WB, yes. WB Montreal who were going to be making the Gotham Knights game. So I guess we'll see how that goes. But, I, I, you know, I think Origins, it got so much flack at the time because it was like, oh, we're doing Joker again. But I think Origins is amazing. As I say, the Bane stuff is so good. It, it delves into Bane's intelligence. And I think Bane is one of my favorite I'm going to talk about Bane uh, separately in a little bit, but Bane's one of my favorite. He is my favorite, actually, Batman villain. And I think I love it when he outsmarts Batman because that's who he is. He's immensely intelligent. And when he discovers Batman's identity and origins and Batman can't get into into touch with Alfred, it's one of the most nail-biting scenes of the whole thing. And you get loads of great things. You know, you get Batman and Gordon's relationship started. Batman meets people like the Penguin and the Deathstroke boss fight. It's one of the best boss fights ever. It's so cool. It's what I want if we ever see Batman and Deathstroke together on the big screen. And of course, this whole story is a story about Batman and Joker. It's all about Joker is causing chaos and Batman is the antithesis of this chaos. And Joker finds Batman in Origins and Batman saves Joker. And Joker can't comprehend it. He doesn't understand. We're so alike, but yet he he, he refuses to, to kill him. And you get this whole relationship throughout all of them in the end. And I think the spiritual ending of the Arkham games, to me, is that image of Batman carrying Joker's corpse out of Arkham City. Just uh. that harrowing image of the doors opening and everyone is so lost for words and Batman is just silent and he just walks off and he just places Joker on the car and he walks off in silence and I think it's just brilliant yeah yeah I really love playing both of those games they're just so well crafted and I need to play yeah, them again yeah I'd love to I mean I know that Suicide Squad versus the Justice League is part of that universe but I would love to return to that because I thought Gotham Knights that I really thought that that was going to be in the Arkham series, but it's not. And I would love for them to Wait, you know, return to it's the not. Arkham series. No, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, I'm just so sad because I don't know why there was there's a recent surge of multiplayer games. Like, you know, you need to get your friends to play some of the games yeah. or you can do it your own. Like, eh? I, I just don't get the point because... No, I'm, I'm more of a single player. Guy yeah, same. I just like if I'm with a bunch of idiots, like how do I do Grayson? I'm like, oh, don't use the guns. But Suicide Squad, it looks. I don't know. I just do mm. it a bit weird. I doubt. I doubt I'm gonna get it. Honestly, I think Batman still towers above anyone else as the king of superhero video games. Spider Man is also amazing, and I think he's definitely the best for Marvel. But I think Batman, caught nostalgia, call it whatever, but nothing compares to playing those Arkham games and properly feeling like you are the Batman. God, I wish there was another Deathstroke thing. Please, I want Arkham, to fight. Arkham, Arkham Knight, John. You get to fight You get to fight Deathstroke in Arkham Knight, remember? Remember that? I've got one word, tank. That's why we're not talking it, about Arkham Knight, because there's just too many tanks. I really want to know if you just thought, like, do you remember that bit from The Dark Knight Returns where Batman has a tank when the bet he's going to fight the mutants? is really cool looking so we use that to be honest it would be better if they actually had that big tank from the dark knight returns <laughs> and they actually had batman in just like a, a ginormous hulking tank just crashing through gotham jim's like batman where are you and he just crashes through the wall and he's like <laughs> i'm here he's just like that would be so funny 
I want that. Uh, like, Jesus, Batman, what, what did you do? And like, I got this tank. It's like the end of Spaced, where they get the tank. And he's like... Oh my God, that? yeah. Is that, is, that, is that what I think it is? Like, oh yes, <laughs> it's amazing. Right, what's next on your list? Well, my next one is Nightfall. You know, as I said, Bane. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, Bane for me is the pinnacle of Batman villains. I mm. hate him in Batman and Robin, but other than that, I think you <laughs> can't go wrong with Bane. No, you no, know, no, Batman he's, and Robin. He's probably the most intimidating force the Batman has ever had physically, but also he's got those smarts. And I think Nightfall is incredible for that exact reason. Now, this is the first time that Bane was ever introduced, I believe. I might be wrong about that, but it does start with his origin story. It shows him being born in a prison and being raised in this prison and having to fight to survive. And at this point, you know, he's not all like juiced up on on Venom. And and, and what, what Nightfall tracks is it tracks Batman becoming more and more tired. He's not striking that balance between Batman and Bruce Wayne and and the streets are getting darker and what emerges out of that is Bane who comes to Gotham and he ends up getting juiced up on Venom and famously obliterates Batman. He breaks his back and Batman is out for the taking. Ah, my back! (laughs) Ah, my back! It's like like Tobey Maguire. My back! Ah, my back! My back! Yeah. Um, and then leading Azrael to fight the yes. other villains as well. Yeah, Azrael uh, becomes Batman and it, it goes from to... Nightfall to, to Night Quest. I haven't read the other bit. I just read Nightfall. I haven't yeah, read, like, the I, other I bit. should, I guess. I mean, prelude to Nightfall. That was the most amazing bit I think I read. Yes. It's fun, Nightfall. That one, like, you no, know, Bane's backstory, like, yeah. how he became the Bane of existence. Uh huh. Um, yeah. 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 No. Anyway, I kind I kind of think that the actual Nightfall story isn't as good as the prelude. I think showing Batman, like Bane, being this creature in the shadows who is almost like you know you think about the line in The Dark Knight Rises. So you think darkness is your ally? You have merely adopted the dark. <laughs> I was born in it, molded by it. it. You know, Batman is the creature in the shadows, but Bane is the shadows and he's watching Batman the whole way through as Batman becomes more and more beat down until he takes his moment and he just pummels Batman into a pulp. And it's so shocking. And it introduces Bane as this incredible force while at the same time showing again, what all the best Batman stories do is that Batman can't do this, these things on his own and that he is so self-destructive. Nightfall really shows that like how he recovers, but then slowly realizes about Azrael, but, yeah, I haven't read Night Quest, but Nightfall, great bit of story, but it was a bit rip- mm. repetitive. Batman, like, getting tired, like, yeah. he hasn't got his daily coffee or something, or just... <laughs> yeah, Alfred's like, uh, sir, I promise, you just have your coffee, you'll be fine. And Batman's like, no, <laughs> I need no. my coffee, Alfred. <laughs> I need my coffee now. He's like, sir, we, 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 we went out of your favourite uh, Nespresso flavour. Alfred, give me any, give me the latte one. So, yeah, that's how Nightfall began, but no, Bane came into play anyway nightfall yeah that's an interesting read i really like that one good mention yeah uh so give me another one thumbs up Uh, okay batman the long halloween right yeah brilliant love it that's not on my list but yeah go for it this one is another interesting read as well when i heard that the batman was going to be based on the long halloween and as well year one 
The Long Halloween surprised me. I was reading, it was a bit mixed of The Godfather, but as well, you know, with The Dark Knight. And I can, t- I can really tell that Christopher Nolan took some of these elements into The Dark Knight. He did an introduction to The Long Halloween, and he talked about, like, the many inspirations from that. And Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, he was really heavily inspired by that. And as well, Dark Victory. He was inspired by Dark Victory as well. Yeah, Dark, Dark uh, Victory is the sequel to Long Halloween. Yeah, Dark Victory is the um, sequel. I've only read Long Halloween and Dark Victory once, and it was a long time ago, so my memories on this are a bit sketchy, but clarify for me, is this not the first appearance of Two-Face? <sighs> when did it come out, though? Because... What was the first? I believe. I be, well. I believe it shows oh, no, the, no, no. the 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 deterioration Two-Face... from Harvey Dent into Two Face. Oh, you think? Oh, okay. Might be wrong. I don't know because all I can remember was well, I don't know what what came to my mind is that I can see Two Face in earlier comics, like in the Golden Age. That's how I can yeah, see. Yeah, well, maybe. There's some elements that we like, you know, exploring about Batman's relationship with Catwoman in this as well. And the whole narrative for this thing is really, really cool. Like, this is Batman's chasing a person who kills people on national days, like Christmas Day, Halloween, Mother's Day, Father's Day. Isn't that, and... isn't it calendar, isn't it calendar man? No, 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 no. It's a different person. They thought it was calendar man in the comics, but it's, it's oh, entirely right, okay. different. The plot twist was great. I really like that. I thought that it worked well for it and the designs is great as well it was a bit weird especially for joker joker was really spooky in that one yeah side note i'm i'm i've just read the overview and this is the one it's not two-face's first appearance but it does show two-face's origin story yeah it's really cool what they've done for this comic i need to read it again but it's a really Mm, good like it might be the proper beginning of like batman's thoughts because if you see like Batman starts in Nightfall or early comics, it's very expositional. Like, I need to go over there and try and do that. But no, um, I think the long Halloween introduces that, like the idea of like the voiceover of Batman in comic book form. So mm. really cool read. Yeah. What's next on your list? Well, I've got the Dark Knight trilogy, of course. I mean, I don't uh, think there's any, there's no doubt that so far this is the best Batman story on film. The story that these three films tell is just so good, you know. It's so important and so easy to forget the context surrounding these films. Batman really was dead. Batman and Robin and Batman Forever pummeled him into the ground and Batman Begins. You know, this is a studio taking a risk with a director who's only had two films at this point. Three, sorry. And only one of them being like a studio film. And Christopher Nolan, absolute genius. You know, we've talked about all of his films on the podcast before, but... What he does here with telling this grounded story of Batman is so good. Telling the origin that never been done before on the big screen. We'd seen the death of the Waynes. We'd never seen his proper, proper origin and the training and everything that goes into him becoming Batman. His his needs to be this hero and his need for vengeance. And I think the, the defining thing about this, obviously, as with everything, are the villains. You've got some incredible people here. Ra's al Ghul, or Ra's al Ghul, as it's pronounced in this. Scarecrow, Bane. Catwoman, Two-Face, and obviously Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker, sublime, absolutely incredible. And the whole, the the arc of this Batman that he goes through to be the hero that Gotham deserves, but maybe not the one that it needs, you know, to the loss that he experiences with Rachel and the love in his life and, and Alfred continuously doing what Alfred does best and, you know, grounding him and it all coming to a head in, in The Dark Knight Rises where he has to rise again and climb out of the pit and come back to save Gotham. The whole thing 
is superhero storytelling at its best. None of the films were made with a sequel in mind, but each sequel builds on its predecessor so well. And I think the team did an excellent job. And there's a reason why every Batman film since, obviously there hasn't been that many, but you know, Batman v Superman and you know, all the, all the Batfleck stuff has been compared to Dark Knight trilogy because it set the bar that high. The Dark Knight might've been the first ever comic book film to reach a billion dollars at the box office, which is amazing and absolutely crazy. And I just think that it redefines so much and still holds up. It's just incredible. I completely agree. Like first time watching it, I was just mind blown about how the stories presented it and what really defined Batman as a character in these films. Dark Knight Rises really reaches that bar. And I can tell mm. that people were comparing it to Batfleck. And now this is going to be really interesting for Batman. Well, well, Bat, Bat, Batterson. I'm going to call it Batterson. Is it, well, is Bat, it Batterson? Bat and Bats. Well, Bat and Bat. Uh, that sounded so posh. Oh, How... John, quit. Don't, don't, don't tell them your real accent. Don't tell them your real oh, no. posh accent. Oh, no. My team crumpets. No. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, oh, oh my golly. old grey. Oh, no. My old grey is going to be demolished. Yeah, it's great. It is amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. I, I've watched it like. You really should watch it ago. again. Yeah. Yeah, I watched yeah. it two years ago and I plan to rewatch it before the Batman. And I spent a while saying, you know, it's great, but it's not as good as people say. It's a bit overrated. And then I rewatched it and I was like, no, it's amazing. It's- it is amazing. It's crazy how Christopher Nolan does like other sci fi films, but no. He does like one of the best trilogies ever made, which is like based on Batman. And it's so cool. Like, yeah. He- like got it from the long Halloween to put into this. I wonder what the other one was. I don't well, know. It, it, there's but... so much. There's this elements of crime dramas. I think one of the best parts of the, of, of of the trilogy is Harvey Dent, Two Face, an incredible, incredible villain who is tainted by Gotham. And I think one of the best characters in any Batman thing is Gotham. Gotham the city is so important to any Batman thing. And especially in Batman Begins with the Narrows, you really see that this city creates monsters. And I am going to talk about that in a bit, but like, I think that's so important. And there's just so much stuff in this film that I love. And if you want to hear us talk more about the Dark Knight trilogy, we talked about it in our Christopher Nolan ranking. We talked about it in our best trilogies video. We might have talked about it more, but yeah, it, it's amazing. Yeah, I need to rewatch it. It's so good. I think I talked about it a bit more in the ranking. Yeah, yeah, I think. I've yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, give me, give me another one. Okay, year one. Nice. This is also linked to the new Batman film. This is really good, this comic book. I'm going to compare it to Snyder and then to Frank Miller's one because the difference is really interesting. So, like, you see the beginning and you fully understand the character of Batman in the new 52 one. And then Frank Miller's uh, Batman showed the fear of Batman, like how he thought about the idea of the bat. You can see that in the new 52 one. Like, Mm. in the zero year, it it did explore that. And this one, like, really thought about the idea. And it's, it's really short, this one. I thought... It was a bit longer, but no, it was a bit short, to be honest. Short and sweet. I really like the drawings, but if you've seen Frank Miller's drawings in um, The Dark Knight Strikes, Strikes Again. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Batman stories are so versatile. They're so diverse. 
you know, I spoke yeah, about yeah. In, in Lego Batman movie. You can go really goofy with it, but Frank Miller went so intense and so insanely dark. And 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 he he, or he it's an acid trip. The Dark Knight Strikes Again, but The Dark Knight Returns, I think, is, is great. And I think. Zack Snyder. We've talked so much about Batman v Superman. You can watch our video on that as well. But I think he translated The Dark Knight Returns really well. And this darker side of Batman that I hope they also delve into in The Batman. Yeah, I thought year one. It was a really good introduction to Batman. But again, the list is not in order. Like, everything's not in order. These are great Batman stories. With year one and New 52. The New 52 given us, like, it's more fleshed out. This one yeah. is short and sweet. Like, does that really well. But I can tell that Matt Reeves really wanted to bring this a bit Bat of the Reeves. comics. Matt Bat Reeves. Bat Reeves. You're right. You can you can see that he has so much passion. Hearing him talk in DC fandom as well. Yeah. You know, oh my god. So much he, to say. Talk, he was so passionate. He was so excited about Snyder Cut. And he was so excited about everyone's project as well. But yeah, you know, hearing him talk about Batman was the most interesting things I've heard in my life. Like talking about what he's gonna do with the character in the film mm. and exploring like darker themes in Batman and the, the fact that this film is not rated R oh, oh wait uh, I guess it is rated 15 in the UK yes so that's kind of reaching over to 18 you can get away with a lot with a PG-13 it's easy for people to forget that you think about the Planet of the Apes trilogy those films go really intense sometimes yeah I, re- I rewatched them recently and all I can say is they are cinema of the highest order We've, we talked about them when we did our best trilogies video but those films could very well be R-rated, but they're not. And I think that's uh, easy to forget. Yeah, I'm so excited for the Batman, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, this, is, this is the whole thing we're excited for, honestly. Like, yeah. we've been talking about Batman stories, like, oh my God. I've got one more story. This is one that I revisited in a couple a couple of years ago. And I think it holds up incredible. Like, Gotham, just Gotham is amazing. No, I haven't Wait, seen Gotham. Gotham, you know Gotham, John. Oh, Gotham! Gotham. Oh, sorry, my my my. Not the brain. not not the city, the show. No, my stupid brain decided to think about like. Wait, is it a comic book? No, it's a TV show. It's a TV show. Like, I've seen the '60s show, which is amazing. I haven't. <laughs> no, I've got I've got all of the the Batman animated series. I've got a big Blu-ray box set. That's a that's that's a tongue twister, big Blu-ray box set. Um, I guess not tongue twister, more just alliteration. But in my opinion, this might change, but I think Gotham is the pinnacle of Batman TV and really shows what Batman should be on TV, which is funny because it's not really Batman, but it also <laughs> really, really is. Now it starts as just like a story that's telling like Bruce Wayne's origin and, and Commissioner Gordon's origin story. But what it becomes is so good. It has such a unique take on all the villains and it has some of my favorite live action iterations of any villain ever. Cameron Monaghan as the Joker or, you know, Jerome and Jeremiah in the show is... Jerome. Yeah. What uh? What was that? What? I don't know. I'm sorry. Jerome. I, I don't know. I just find that funny to say. It's a it, it it's such a great performance, and he is one of the best Jokers who people don't talk about nearly enough. The actors of Penguin and Riddler, who are real centers of the show, the crime and 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 the fact that again, as I said of the Dark Knight trilogy and so many Batman stories. The show is about Gotham, the city, the people, and how this city 
brutalizes everyone and, and, and creates these monsters. It turns just some guy who works at GCPD into this maniacal maniac who loves riddles. And, you know, just this boy who doesn't have much money who's working for a crime, crime lord into a crime lord himself and a mad, you know, it just creates so much. And I think, you know, the story of Bruce as well, going from the night of his parents death to this this need of vengeance inside of him and the, everything that he goes through you know the, the moment where he realizes i will not kill and alfred the whole time being his grounding point it's just a brilliant brilliant show i think it's so so good and it ends in a kind of bittersweet way it it, it does like a flash forward you know i'd love to see a comic book or something that tells the story of, of it forward and I think it's still on Netflix but you know everyone should watch it I think it's amazing and I feel like I've been shouting to the heavens that Gotham is brilliant since 2014 and it really is and I think it's I think it's just one of the best just one of the best comic book shows ever yeah and it's still on Netflix so <laughs> yeah watch go it. watch Netflix I was like in lockdown to be honest I haven't finished the show but I do know what happens depression I'm I, I'm just depressed I'm sorry okay knowledgeable understandable but no i was watching it in lockdown and i was like doing all the work i was like oh my god uh, like the housework just like cleaning and uh, doing all the stuff and that made me happy and i was watching gotham at the same time just like yeah this is my show just watching it and just it's amazing it has so much that the batman fans everywhere will love and i think it's yeah i think it's awesome yeah so that's it from my list is that it for you yeah brilliant absolutely amazing honestly i really hope the Batman is amazing, but we still have to wait. We're a month away, John. We're a month away. I can't uh, wait. I'm so, uh, so excited. I need I need it now. I need it. I need it to make me happy. I need it to... Need it for my insanity. Well, thank you everyone for watching and listening and we hope that you enjoyed and please check out some of these Batman stories if you, you know, if you want to get into the comics or any of the things, there are so many of them. I don't think you really can go wrong. There are so many people we didn't talk about, but if you enjoyed it, leave a like and subscribe if you want to see more. We've got loads of DC stuff. As I say, we talked about the Dark Knight trilogy and Batman v Superman quite a bit, but next week we're going to be doing the Book of Boba Fett. And if everyone's keeping up with that, they know that there's some pretty crazy things to talk about. So John, you got to get watching that, buddy. Um, and then yeah. we'll be rolling into we're going to do the Uncharted games the week after and then Uncharted the week after that and then of course the Batman it's going to be great I can't wait but in the meantime if you want to follow us on Twitter you can do it Ask Time Film Pod you can hear loads of uh, opinions from me or follow us on Ask Time Film Pod on Instagram to see like, all of our thumbnails done by our incredible thumbnail artist Zane you should see what he's doing for this video John yeah, people at home can see it already on, on screen but let me just let me just send you like he's making loads of these of different characters so we don't know like which one i'm gonna do but check this out check this out this is so cool oh sick oh dude arkham batman choking lego lego batman joker and he's got loads of ideas so i might not even i might i might end up using like different ones we never know but um, and yeah, and, and you can email us as well. Do you want to tell us your thoughts on some of the best Batman stories or just anything Batman or anything in general? We will answer it on the podcast. If you email us at outsidefilmpod at gmail.com. And that's everything. Take us out, John. All uh, right. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening. Get vaccinated for your mask in the cinema. Please do because we're going to keep all that open. stuff. Yeah. Yes. And enjoy the video. If you liked it, like it, subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> um, yeah. um, yes, uh, take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.